Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo, and we switched up the little Thursday podcast this week. We've got JB on the line taking over from Pistol, who's basically just left us in the lurch here, mate. He thinks education is important or something. How you going, champion? Yeah, not bad, mate. Um, hopefully, I can step up to the plate and be as good as Pistol. I don't really want to trash talk him, considering I think he will still listen. Look, as much trash talk uh, as you like in the uh, when we're off air, you were just letting him know how poorly he's going in the rank, just because you're a little bit high. The uh, the Chizo chase down is just uh, just starting to rev its engines up. The last few rounds coming into the end of the season, he's uh, just getting chased down. He's getting a little bit feisty, old pistol. It's uh, it's not something we usually see from the cool, calm, collected fellow that he is. Um, hey, mate, we might as well just jump straight into the teams. Uh, we're on a bit of a, a short time frame here, mate. Uh, I'll jump straight into the uh, the big Friday night clash at the MCG, Hawks and Sydney Swans. Uh, Hawks quite happy with their win over Frio last week. have gone in with no change. Connor Glass getting his second game. Uh, on the uh, Sydney side of things, Will Haywood comes in for Dan Robinson, uh, Robinson who's been omitted. Um, really, really big game this uh, Friday night here, JB. As well as Sydney's going, Hawthorne seem to be the ones that uh, you know have the, 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 the points over them in, in recent times. How do you think this one's going to play out? Yeah, it should be a close game, actually. Um, I think Sydney uh, are well well matched with Hawthorne um, and should beat them. But every team's dual loss every now and then. Sydney have had a good streak, and it is at the MCG. So if it was going to happen anywhere, I reckon it'd be there. Um, it should be a close one, though. I'm looking forward to a good Friday night contest. Do you think it's a little bit like versing uh, Damon in the, the Keeper League? It's just uh, we've got that mental edge over him now that yeah, that, uh, that uh, Hawthorne have been the only team that have beaten them in the last three months. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I think Damon's team does translate to Hawthorne's being so far down the ladder <laughs> and um, somehow having some sort of success. And I, I'm probably Sydney, so I'm just an, an untouchable force at the moment. So yeah, no, it's a good comparison. Uh, the baby blues will, uh, will come back in the, the next years, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, uh, Franklin, obviously a big player in this game, back to the MCG where he's played so much of his early career. Um, he seems to be one that could break out in a game like this and put up a, a fantastic score. Is, is Buddy someone that you'll be keeping an eye on? Yeah, I mean, he's a good vice-captaincy option for those who don't have uh, Tom Mitchell in that game. So, um, he, like he said, he could just explode and score a 130-plus. We know he can do it. Um, another one to look at is JPK. So um, he adores playing the Hawks. His last three games are 118, 140, and 119. So could be a very, very handy vice-captaincy option. 125 is his prediction in La Hug's captains this week. So a few options in that game. Yeah, absolutely. And another guy, uh, another forward that we, I, I guess we can call him a defender now, is Jack Gunston. Um, from playing 1% time in the, the defensive half in the first, uh, you know, 18, uh, sorry, 12 rounds of the season, um, in the last uh, few rounds, he's been playing 95% in the back line. It's a, a complete role change here, mate. Um, named on a forward half, do you think that's a little bit of cat and mouse or do you think that he will return back to uh, his previous forward scoring ways no definitely some cat and mouse they've been winning with Gunston playing down back and he's so composed um he looks like a defender going up forward when now that you think about it the other way around so um he's played some of his best footy in the last few weeks Gunston and an actual sneaky point of difference if you're um having trouble filling in all these forward line gaps that we all have 
Yeah, and the last one we'll touch on, Nick Newman. Obviously, Jared McVeigh has taken that sweeper role in the back half of the Sydney Swans. Nick Newman's no longer being that uh, as important in the back line for Sydney. Going into, in some leagues uh, this week, his first week of finals, do, do you think that it is time where Nick Newman just, uh, we have to do something with him, we can't afford to have him on the field? Yeah, I think a lot of people should have been planning for this sort of drop-off with the inclusion of McVeigh and the fact that he's a rookie in general. Um, I reckon the best move would be trying to get him to your defensive uh, bench, just your D7 there, and loopholing him with uh, like a, a Heath Shaw or um, even Hibbard's been a little inconsistent, uh, not so much as of late, but um, just for the season in general. Um, I think I think D7 suits Newman best. I wouldn't be getting rid of him unless I really had to to upgrade that last spot. Okay, no dramas. Jump through North Melbourne and Melbourne there for us, mate, down in, uh, in Hobart at Blundstone Arena. So Melbourne were happy with their win on the weekend over Port Adelaide and have gone in no change. And North Melbourne have brought in three um, big names. Two of them are big players. One of them is just a, a big person in <laughs> Robbie Tarrant, Braden Pruce and Jack Siebel. Um, Nick Larkey goes out after his um, interesting performance on the weekend uh, with a knee injury, they think. Cameron Zaha is omitted and Josh Williams omitted as well. It's very interesting in this one, Chizo, to not see Todd Goldstein come back for North. No, he's done. North, you're sitting 17th on the ladder. Goldie's not really performing. Like he, he doesn't have the form. He's got the age factor against him. Braden Proust is absolutely slamming the door down at VFL level. He had a little bit of a, a an injury last week, just a little bit of tightness, so he's come back this week. Um, and absolutely, he should be R1 running around for North at this stage um, because he's just got so much zest about him. He, he just looks like a guy that um, he, he, just willing to take the game on. He's a, a, his uh, his attitude going after the ball and his attack on the ball is just absolutely fantastic and um, I, I think coming up against Max Gorn who's carrying a little bit of a, a, a twisted ankle from last week it will be an interesting game I think uh, um, he'll be able to hold his own uh, uh, definitely yeah and for all those Todd Goldstein owners out there he's still owned by 7.7% of teams I mean I hope a lot of them are just dead teams who didn't have to deal with him last week but for those that still have him it's probably, well, it was probably red lights last week considering he was omitted, but having two weeks off now and Braden Proust coming in over him, you just have to trade him now, don't you? Yeah, I, I think I think we always saw this one coming. A, a, a few weeks ago, we did mention that um, Proust has been knocking the door now. I know in the review pod, for about four weeks running, we were saying he was getting 50, uh, 50 hit outs and kicked a goal and seven tackles. Like, they were going to give him another run, particularly when their number one ruckman uh, all Australian Ruckman is really just not performing and not putting up the numbers that we're used to. You've just got to give these kind of guys a run, particularly when you're sitting with um, potentially the number one pick in the draft based on uh, how their performances ha- have uh, chalked up this year, mate. Um, a- an interesting one for me um, is how well Jack Viney came back last week. He, he, it's almost like he never missed a beat after those those weeks out. Um, and he's really t- stepping up for the fact that Nathan Jones is again out with that quad injury, even though he did some really high-intensity stuff at training this week. Yeah, Viney's a warrior, and there's there's a few of them in the league where um, they go out with a serious injury and the, the normal... Um, uh, I can't even think about what the the, doc, the normal ruling out period is four to five weeks and they just pop up after two and just look like they haven't missed a thing. Um, Vine is one of those players and I think he's just going to be like that for his whole career. I'm not sure that many doctors will be able to tell him uh, tell him no on game day. So um, just, a, just a warrior and someone to look out for in coming years, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I still love the old pistol story about how they used to take... Uh, mothers would take their kids out of the game that Jack Viney was playing in because they were just so scared of the battering ram that was in there. Um, <laughs> mate, we'll jump, through, uh, the, <laughs> we'll jump through the Giants and the Dockers. Um, going to be probably uh, uh, tipping my hat towards the Giants, even though both teams do have some ins and outs this week. Uh, Jeremy Cameron finally comes back along with Stephen Coniglio. Fantastic to see him back from his syndesmosis injury on his ankle. Uh, Dawson Simpson and Matt DeBoer getting a game before they get delisted, I'm just guessing. Um, out goes Tendai Mazungu. <laughs> Toby Green with that uh, brain explosion is the only way I can describe it, JB. Kind of like you when you realised you lost... Uh, uh, lost Pendles just after he traded him into the Keeper League. Um, Steve Johnson with his <laughs> knee tightness and Shane Mumford out of the ankle, who's actually been quite durable this year. It's, uh, we haven't been calling his names on the outs as much as we thought. Um, on the Dockers side of things, Luke Ryan and Brennan Cox come back after they had a few beers. Let's just hope they don't win this week and uh, end up having a red wine back at the uh, hotel. They could be missing more games. Uh, Cameron Sutcliffe and Brady Gray uh, also come in. Out goes Ryan Nyhouse, Michael Waters with that PCL injury which isn't overly severe. It's a, usually a six to seven week injury, depending on how you do it. Um, you do a bad one like David Swallow, and it obviously takes longer, but uh, Michael Walters, just based on where we are in the season, will be out. Um, Josh DeLuca has been omitted. Pistols probably having tears about that again. And Lee Spur out with another calf injury. Um, we did see a little bit of a return from Nat Fife, uh, JB, but um, it, it looks like he's uh, when they get on the the end of a thumping, which is what they're probably going to have in uh, the coming years. He doesn't seem to seem to score that well. Yeah, Fife's fortnight is what we're referring to it now because that's all it was. He had two. Uh, decent games, both of them he turned up and everyone sort of jumped up and those that traded him out started having regrets, but then he sort of dropped back down to the old 90s uh, range that we've been used to so much this year from such a great player as well. And I can confirm that I threw more than just the one jumper punch after hearing Pendles was out for three weeks, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the, I guess the best thing for Fife owners is that uh, Mumford is out with that ankle. They have, uh, I guess maybe it was a, a, a an elected rest coming into finals knowing that they were coming up against Sean Darcy is only a handful of games into his career. So uh, maybe that was a little bit of strategic play there. Um, Will Setterfield, absolute jet, getting his second game. He, he's a very skillful player. Looks a lot like Josh Kelly with a little bit more battering ram about him. Um, the wet conditions last uh, last game against Richmond weren't great to, for him to, to show his skills, but he's still come out with a, a handful of tackles. Uh, really, just another one that we're disappointed that he didn't slip through to 2018 because, yeah, he would have been a fantastically priced rookie from where he was picked in the draft at pick five, JB. Yeah, Satterfield just looks, he just has class written all over him, but he's also got that grunt as well, like you just said. Um, he just, he looks like he's going to be a really good player and a serviceable player for them um, right now, especially with all their injuries and um, all their players jumper punching their way through through their rest into finals. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing I do want to note, uh, with Michael Walters out, he was playing uh, significant uh, more midfield time than years previous. Someone's going to have to take that position. You've got the the outside runs of uh, like a Lockie Weller or a Brad Hill. Lockie has been um, earmarked to get a little bit more of a midfield role this week. Do we see the uh, the likes of Connor Blakely coming off that half back and, and, and being pushed into a more inside midfield role this week uh, and seeing more dominance from those that um, the percentage of the the super coach community that just chime in and let us know their fantastic pick. Um, when he he's just gone on this 11-week run of a, something like 109.5 Supercoach points, JB. 
Yeah, you took my answer there um, right after asking the question. I was going to say Connor Blakely. They've been playing him out of defence a lot. Um, I don't think that'll change largely. I think he'll still be in defence um, quite a significant amount of time. He'll obviously get some more run on the ball, but David Mundy's another one who's been up forward a lot lately, so maybe he'll go back through the midfield uh, quite a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, mate, take us through your mob, uh, Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. That should be an absolutely fantastic game between these two. Yep, and like I've said during the week, St Kilda's not in the eight, so I am quietly confident about this one. <laughs> um, it's Jack Homsch, Aaron Young, Carl Amon, and Jasper Pittard coming in this week for three omissions in Joe Atley, Dan Houston, and Logan Austin, and Chad Wingard with that ankle injury. Uh, and then St Kilda have Tim Membry, Brandon White, and Maverick Weller coming in for Kobe Stevens with a groin injury, Nick Rewalt, who was managed, and Lee Montagna, who may have played his last AFL game, uh, shockingly enough, for Lee Montagna. In this game, um, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit of confidence, but those who <clears throat> those who have Chad Wingard are just in a world of hurt at the moment, and it will probably affect Port Adelaide as well. Just I mean, three to four weeks, he can't hold on to him. Um, I think he will miss that, that at least um, three weeks. So especially now that we're missing uh, Nick Rewalt for this week, Toby Green, like we mentioned earlier, and Walters as well. So um, if we could just rattle through a few of the forward options there, Chizo, uh, just to hopefully help a few people out that are dealing with all these issues. Um, so obviously, if you've got a couple of these in the same week, you've drawn a really, really bad hand. You should just fold and uh, wait to wait till you're not the big blind anymore. Uh, but for the likes of like Chad Wingard and uh, the Michael Waters, they're all sitting at about that 500 plus K. So you, you can pretty much, uh, except for the, the upper echelons, you can pretty much go for, for anyone you like. Um, the one that I think will be a little bit more under-owned is only 10.2% uh, is Josh J. Kennedy. He, uh, he uh, looks to be coming back into his form. He's down 100k on uh, his starting price at the start of year so uh, he's definitely cheaper than what you'd expect to get him he's only 430k obviously you've got the big guns like the the McRae at 435k you don't have much money to go from uh, a Wingard you only need 30, 30 grand to go from Wingard to McRae at Elliot Yo you actually make money by going to him uh, Dalhouse seems to have a return to form because Dalhouse is actually getting that midfield time again JV thank god uh, after he just ensured he keeps his DPP for next year. He's only 431k, so he's cheap as well. You can save 70k going down from Wingard. Uh, you've got the likes of Franklin and Heaney, both sub 500k. There's, as I was saying, at Chad Wingard's price at 503k, you can pretty much uh, grab anyone you like. So, uh, But my little sneaky one there would be Josh J. Kennedy, JB. Yeah, obviously Kennedy is looking like a great pick and not owned by many teams as he was had such an injury riddled season thus far. Another few sneaky ones. If you have the money to go up to Paddy Ryder, he has a three-round average of 115, five-round average of 111, and a, a average for the year now of 99. He's storming home like you would not believe. Um, a few sneaky ones. We mentioned Jack Gunston earlier um, coming off a big 146. If he keeps that backline roll, his three-round average is 105 at the moment, so not many better than that in the forward line. And you miss the biggest one, Chizo, the the main guy in everyone's forward line, the key cog, Shawnee Higgins. Only, only <laughs> owned by 7.2 teams, mate. 82 this round. He's building. I was actually stumped. I'm like racking my brain trying to figure out who you were talking about. Like, oh, what's, like surely I haven't have missed... No, no. I'm, only those that are in love with him, like JB, and take their pants off and him in public. Um, the one that I do want to mention out of this game, because Chad Wingard, again, just like Michael Walters, was getting that midfield time... Um, 
I can probably expect that, that Robbie Gray is probably the beneficiary of that. We did see him go into the midfield last week and rack up a, a, a lot of touches. Probably the first time... Uh, one of the only times in 2017 he's been um, a fully-fledged midfielder, even though he's named in the guts every second week. Um, so I think he's going to be one to benefit from that because from their ends, you've got Homsch, Aaron Young, Carl Amon and Jasper Pittard. Not many are a like-for-like um, in terms of Chad Wingard's ability to play 50-50 forward and midfield there, JB. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. I think Robbie Gray, will um, his centre-bounce uh, attendances will skyrocket. Um, as you say that, and as I think of that, he is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky point of difference. Now, you can ignore his 91 last week. As you said, he did go into the midfield, but it, it took him two quarters, and he was getting shut down in the lead-up to that. So he had a massive second half, and he tends to do that for Port Adelaide. When we need someone thrown into that midfield, he goes in, he has a huge second half. When he's playing exclusively forward, you can expect those real dull games. Um, and as you mentioned, the players that are coming in, of those, Carl Amon can have a small run through the midfield, but he's more of a half-forward flanker or a winger even. Um, Aaron Young is just a, a forward pocket exclusively now. He used to go through the midfield, but just doesn't have the tank for it. And the other two are defenders. So, um, yeah, I can see Robbie Gray taking up 90, 95% of that midfield time with a few others just rotating through randomly. Could be a little sneaky option at only 469k for Pendles, who we'll touch on a little bit later there, mate. Hey, I'll jump into the next game at Etihad Stadium between Carlton and Geelong. A number of changes on both sides. Uh, on the uh, Blues side of things, Caleb Marchbank comes back from his shoulder injury and Simon White coming back in from his knee niggle. Uh, Harrison McCready has been managed and Nick Graham has been omitted because uh, Nick Graham's one of those players, JB, I say it about a lot of AFL players, he uh, finds it like a magnet but kicks it like a fridge. Um, so he, he always... <laughs> ends up in the VFL. Um, on the uh, cat side of things, Andrew Mackey, the buzzsaw, Wiley Buzzer back, Nakia Cockatoo, Brandon Parfit from his in, his uh, hammy again. No doubt he'll ping it in the third quarter. And Jackson Thurlow come back uh, on the outs uh, for the cats. We've got Reece Stanley uh, with his little bit of calf tightness after that corky. Uh, Daniel Menzel for general soreness. Mark Blissarves with that slight fracture of his, uh, his tibia. Uh, Stephen Motlop has been managed. I think that's... Uh, not managed to play any good this year. And uh, <laughs> Zach G- Guthrie, or Guthrie is uh, a shouts to pistol there, um, has been omitted, obviously, because of the uh, the uh, the young gun probably needs a little bit of a rest. Um, for those that are holding the likes of Scott Selwood, thinking that he was going to come back, he actually tried, um, ineffectively tried to run with Rory Sloan for the, the first little bit of the game, um, but it was unsuccessful and they gave up on that tag do we think that Scotty Selwood uh, um, is going to go back to his tagging ways this week, JB, against the like of maybe a Mark Murphy? What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think he was ready to come back last week at all, and they sort of rushed him back for the big game. Um, he looked underdone. He didn't look super fit. Um, he was sort of just jogging behind the pack for most of the game. So those who own him, I wouldn't be super concerned if you have no way of trading him. Um, those who have uh, maximum trades and heaps of cash then obviously look to upgrade for a decent M9. Um, that's looking to be more consistent. There are plenty out there for cheap prices. Um, like I said, though, Scooter just looked, um, looked like he was rushed back. He looked like a player yeah. that was um, struggling to keep up with anyone, let alone uh, the tank of Rory Sloan. Yeah, the thing with Scooter is he ta- he plays better when he is tagging because he's on that number one midfielder that drags him to the ball, so he's always around it. So it, it ends up helping helping him. And particularly, I raise this because everyone's kind of jumping ship off Scooter from last week. Like you've held him through all that nonsense, and now you're going to jump off after a forty or a fifty. The thing is, 
Rocky was so good on Bryce Gibbs last week. I think it was his, his lowest disposal count in over 200 games or something ridiculous like that. Doesn't that give credence for sending Scott Selwood straight to, uh, to, to Bryce Gibbs at the first bounce this week, JV, and uh, to, to continue his tagging ways where he just uh, follows the ball around? Yeah, uh, definitely. And the only other player that they usually use for a run with role is Mark Blitzovs, and he's obviously out this week. So I'd expect Selwood to be straight into the gut, straight onto Bryce Gibbs to try and neutralize him and just get a ton of tackles. Rockliffe got a, quite a few tackles this week as well. Um, I'd expect Selwood to do the same, but hopefully hurt um, hurt Bryce Gibbs a little bit on the other way as well. He's a bit more, a bit more damaging than Rockliffe looks at the moment. Yeah, I think because it's the first time Rocky's tagged in his life, he was focusing so much on stopping Gibbs getting the ball rather than getting that 50-50 split. I think you're right. Um, hey, mate, jump through the uh, Metricon Stadium game. Gold Coast Suns and Richmond there, Forest Champion. Great news for um, Gary Abler owners. Stephen May, Jesse Joyce and Gary Abler are back. Um, Jack Bowes, Trent McKenzie and Jesse Lonigan all omitted. So Rocket not happy with the performance last week. Um, and for the Tiger Army, we get a bit of um, a bit of forward cover in this one. For those who still have Shy Bolton, um, he's back in with Anthony Miles and Bachar Huli. And it's Dion Prestia, uh, knee slash sauna slash resting slash doesn't want to verse his own team. <laughs> Depends who you listen to. Um, Jack Rewalt with a sore eye, which is a strange injury. And Jaden Short, who was omitted. So looks like Tigers are taking well, pretty much no risks here with their players that might be pulling up sore against the Gold Coast in Gold Coast this week. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. Um I know that Prestia has been struggling this year with that knee and everyone's uh, been commenting on how poor he's been and he's just not his old self and um, he, he can't perform like he did at the Gold Coast. And the thing is, that the guy's coming back from just as much time off as the likes as Jaeger um, or David Swallow, so he is going to take some time. So not surprised that they're going to give him a rest. Um, the big thing for me here, Jaeger, is that uh, Ivan Soldo still continues to be R1 and we see Nank still at half forward. So uh, Dimmer's looking like that he's persisting with that uh, that dual ruck role that seems to be hampering Toby Nankervis's scoring. Oh, I hope, like nobody else, Richmond get absolutely belted this week. I do not understand why you would change such a winning formula that was the start of their season with Nankervis, Sol Ruck, and put Soldo there. And, I mean, neither Soldo or Nank are playing well at all. You can, you can just see them out there. They look awkward as hell. Nobody knows where to run. Nobody knows what to do. <laughs> I, I, it's like they've just lost their ability to play football when they're in the same team with each other. Um, and Nankivis is obviously the better player. So Dimmer, if you listen, which I know you do, get Soldo out of that squad for the love of anything that is football. Please get him out of that team. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I think uh, they're just trying to keep t- uh, the tank refreshed for, for Toby Nankervis before the start of uh, finals. Unfortunately, it doesn't our finals don't coincide with the AFL finals here, JB, so we're just suffering a little bit. Um, so for those that did jump the gun and get rid of Toby Nankervis a couple of weeks, <coughs> geez, um, you're doing quite well. Um, good to see that uh, Jack Scrimshaw is getting a, another run there for uh, the Gold Coast um, after a, a slow start, you're probably saying, his first game. Uh, but uh, another first year in Benny Ainsworth just absolutely tore it up there JB and uh, he's going to be uh, a mid forward for us for years to come by the looks of things yeah anyone that has him on any waiver wire in your keeper league you need to pick him up ASAP before that season ends he looks like an absolute jet in the making and having watched all of Gold Coast games for the last fortnight or fortnight and a half 
He's just had three great weeks, and you can tell when the commentators are trying to talk someone up when they're not sort of living up to it, esque Jack Martin. Um, but this guy just looks so silky, so good. He had a he had a pick up in the wet last week and just put it through from about 50 on the run and just looked like someone that had been playing AFL for 300 games. He looked like someone coming in this week, dare I say, Gary Ablett. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing I find brilliant about him is he's able to do all of that while having half a mattress strapped to his quad to protect it from <laughs> yeah, another corgi. <laughs> Surely at some stage it becomes uh, the, the, the amount of strapping and, and padding they've got there becomes uh, uh, almost uh, dangerous to other people trying to tackle him. Uh, we'll jump into what I find is the best game of the round here, JB. <laughs> only because I'm unbiased and impartial, is the Western yep. Bulldogs and Essendon. Champion Data have announced this as the uh, the biggest final eight impacting game. So whoever wins this game is more than 50% likely to end up in the eight, and whoever loses this game is going to be less than 20% likely to end up in the eight. Uh, so very, very in-game, for a uh, big game for both sides. Um, on the ins for Western Bulldogs, obviously uh, uh, Sunday games has the extended bench. Uh, on the Western Bulldogs side, we've got Jack Redpath out with suspension and Dale Morris with his radius fracture in his arm um, incoming Tory Dixon Travi Cloak Fletcher Roberts Lucas Webb and Tim English um, it's going to be very very interesting I think that a, a, a Travi Cloak is going to be a like for like for a Jack Redpath um, Tim English probably on the bench Lucas Webb uh, sorry on the uh, the uh, Emergencies. Yeah, emergencies, yep. Lucas Webb, probably the same. I think Tory Dixon has been putting in some really good um, efforts uh, in the VFL, so um, I'd probably uh, predict him. He's even uh, named at a forward flank, so uh, he would be who I would think uh, coming in, even though he's not a like-for-like -like for Dale Morris. So uh, they'll probably uh, be trying to go with a more of a running game against the likes of Essendon. On the Essendon side of things, they've got no real changes, just an extended bench. Uh, the Fridge, Joshy Begley, uh, Kyle Langford and Matty D all on the extended bench. This is going to be an absolutely fantastic game here, JB. I, I really don't know uh, which way it's going to go. Well, at this point, Essendon are favourites, but I have tipped Western Bulldogs. I think this is very <laughs> this is very reminiscent of their last season, um, well, especially notably their final season where nobody tipped them for any game, but they just got over the line. So unfortunately for your Bombers boys, I feel like Western Bulldogs are more likely. To be honest, I do see Essendon entering the finals in, a, in another way, maybe a, a team above them like Melbourne drop a couple of late ones. Um, but yes, no, I, I feel like Western Bulldogs will win this one. I could be very wrong. Yeah, it's going to be a very outside game, I'll say that much. It's going to be an uncontested footy, a lot of uncontested marks, very uh, very fast, netballish, volleyballish, straight from one side to the, the ground to the other, from one end to the other. It's going to be fantastic to watch. I'll be tuning in uh, to that one definitely on Sunday afternoon. Um, hey, jump into uh, probably the second match of the round. It's West Coast Eagles and Brisbane Lions. Who knows who's going to win this one? <laughs> well... Um, in for West Coast is Sam Mitchell, Luke Partington, Eric McKenzie, Fraser McInnes, and Malcolm Carpany. And out goes Lewis Jetter with a calf. And the man who's fallen off a cliff faster than anybody else in human anything is Matt Prittis with a quad. Um, that was a strange way of saying it, but everyone gets my point. That guy has gone at no way this season. Um, and for Brisbane, in comes Michael Close, Jared Jansen, Clay Beams, Nick Robertson, Sam Skinner, Jacob Allison, and Corey Lyons. And out goes Eric Hipwood, Jared Berry, Dane Zorko via that suspension, and Hugh McCluggage. And it looks like Brisbane are just trying their hardest to shore up that number one pick. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're doing. They're giving a lot of games to these guys, sending them over to the West where they think they're going to be beaten up on. Um, one that I was... Re- that we've talked a couple of times about guys we wanted to slip through to 2018. Luke Partington, absolutely fantastic player, JB. Um, a lot of people look kind of uh, look down on him because he's uh, only 181 centimetres. He's not a, a big midfielder. You know, big, tall midfielders are the rage these days with the likes of Bont and Cripps and stuff going around. But... Just look at his stats from the waffle. He is an absolute ball magnet. Uh, previous captain of the South Australian under-18 team. Um, last week, 29 disposals, 8 clearances. Game before that, 27 disposals, 4 goals. 22 disposals, 3 goals from the midfield. 36 uh, disposals, 6 tackles and a goal. 28 disposals. Like The dude's a jet. Like I, I honestly don't know how he hasn't been getting a game this far. But again, it's just going to ruin another rookie price player that we could have in 2018. Yeah, well, at the moment, he's just on the uh, extended bench, but hopefully Malcolm Carpenter gets the game over him and uh, Partington gets told, uh, bad luck, he'd wait till next year. That'll be great for us super coaches, um, although I don't see it happening. This guy's in crazy form. He doesn't waffle around, he just dominates, so... <laughs> uh, just just to clarify, JB, Partington named on a wing. He's been confirmed that he will play this week also. Oh, well... That's um that's more information. <laughs> um, well, that's bad news for all super coaches because we don't want him to play. Yeah, um, it, we'll jump into uh, the Collingwood and Adelaide Crows. We'll just race through here a bit, mate. Um, uh, Matthew Scharenberg, Tom Phillips, after his forty possessions, seventeen goals or whatever it was in the VFL last week. Um, Josh Dacos and Mason Cox all coming in. Travi Varco out with that elbow dislocation. Um, Scharenberg, really disappointingly, was sent back to the VFL, JB. I've really been liking what he's been doing, particularly uh, um, as a, essentially a first-year player for us. Uh, I find it really baffling that Bucks is just so hell-bent on not giving these young guys a run, particularly that their season's over. I mean, he just doesn't want a job next year, does he? I think he's just making the decision. Look, they, they, they love him so much that he knows his job's safe, so he's just trying to make it easy for him. He's just taking pity on the Collingwood board, I think. Yeah, it's a head-scratcher. Sharonberg, has been in, he's been in really good form, and um, he, has a, he has a good defensive aspect to his game as well. It's hard to know why Bucks is sending him back. I wouldn't mind actually trying to find a statement from when he was dropped um, to see if he does clear it up, because most coaches say it's for, their defense, for them to work on the defensive side of the game or... Um, they're not using the pill uh, enough or uh, at a high enough efficiency. Or I thought Scharenberg was really good and looked far from a first-year player um, when he did play. So a little bit confused as to what he needs to do to get back in the squad. Yeah, all of those guys named on the extended bench. Uh, obviously, with Travi Varco, the only one currently named out, I think Tom Phillips will be his uh, his life-for-life yep. replacement over the others. Uh, on the Adelaide side of things, we should mention Jono Beach, Paul Seedsman, Cole Hardingham, uh, Wayne Malira, and Miles Paholke, all named in with Brad Crouch out with that fractured zygoma and Eddie Betts out with his appendix. Um, named uh, All those guys named on the extended bench. Um Absolutely fantastic to see that uh, that uh, the two Crouch brothers have really kind of been bouncing off each other towards the end of this the end of this season here. JB, they're really starting to improve and kind of making all those people that say that Adelaide don't have a good enough midfield to, to 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 win the premiership just kind of eat their words a little bit because they've been fantastic. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that Brad Crouch was the higher rated of the Crouch brothers. Matt was supposed to be just a. Oh, actually a potential tagger, um, someone that couldn't really find the pill enough for themselves and someone that didn't use it 
um, as as the coach would like, a um, bit of a butcher in his early days. But Matt Crouch has just been in crazy good form. Someone to look out for next year. He only turned up once in his first four games, but since then has just gone crazy and only failed to turn up three times. So a 97, 79, and 88 are his only sub-tons since round five. Um, just someone that is in, in crazy hot form, uh, best form of his career uh, quite easily. And to be honest, it could be fair to say that he's been carrying the Crows with Rory Sloan absent. Um, he's been tagged a lot, Sloan, obviously. Um, that's been documented well. Hasn't been in the game a lot. Hasn't been carrying the team like he usually does. And Matt Crouch has really stepped up and made it his own. So good on him. I'm, I'm glad to see Crouch do well. Yeah. Pistol reminds me every week about how he cheap he got him in the draft league. Um, but, but we'll skip past that. Uh, obviously, Rupert Will's, uh, Will's getting another game for uh, the Pies because Scott Pendlebury has been announced this week, JB, that he's going to be out for at least another three weeks to a month, maybe missing the remainder of the season uh, as it's unlikely they'll be bringing him back for the final game of the year. That leaves us with the issue that everyone that has uh, Pendlebury should have followed the advice last week when we said that it was not going to be a one-week injury and you just have to get rid of him. The problem is, Pendles has been having such a tough run of it lately. He's very, very underpriced to what you'd expect. And for only uh, 485-odd K, we're limited options based on how many trades and how much money we have left, JB. Yeah, definitely, and um, I think we said it on the Tuesday podcast, if he came up this week, then um, definitely keep him, obviously, if he's playing. Um, in the likely chance that he did miss out, then he's someone that you'd be looking to trade out. Um, aside from the obvious options, we did run a through run through a few on Tuesday, um, but the my favourite, you have to spend a little bit to get him in, would be Mitch Duncan from Geelong, someone that's been super consistent, a real breakout season from every commentator says it whenever he touches it during any game. Um, Matt Crouch, who we just spoke about, is another 30k on top of that. If you're looking for someone cheaper, I think they're two of my favorites. My first one's definitely someone who um, you've been emailing on behalf of me. Um, (laughs) That's Brad Ebert, someone who's just super consistent. Had two really bad scores this year, which is dragging down his average of 105, but has really taken them out and he's averaging 110 plus. So um, crazy by him. And then Joel Selwood's the the quite obvious one who's around the exact same price and um, obviously, someone that can't you can't blink twice that he's just uh, he's Joel Selwood. <laughs> yeah, um, for someone that is around the same price as Scott Pendlebury, say that you've got limited trades, you don't have much money, you can't go up above the five hundred k mark to get anyone. You can't get the likes of it even at five hundred and fourteen k. Do you think that last week was the return of Rory Sloan? Do we think that he's able to shake the tag now? Obviously, he blew away Scooter Selwood so early that they gave up on the tag. What do you think about Sloane's uh, ability to come back uh, week after week now that he's kind of had that blown the cobwebs out after being tagged for so long? No, he's he's still not a good option. Um, he's just, he's meeting Levi Greenwood this week, um, and I think he'll have his his measure met. Um, like I said earlier, the main issue with Scooter was his fitness going into the game. I don't think he was ready to play. Um, thus, Joel Selwood did blow him away. Um, I just I don't think we can go based off of one week from Rory Sloan and although he played a cracking game against probably the second best team in the competition if you now consider Adelaide the best um, I still just don't think there's enough to trust him same with Dan Hanabry he had 96 he's got a three round average of 91 five round of 89 he is cheaper than Pendlebury but someone that I wouldn't trust 
Um, to find the first player that I'd actually trust below the price, um, you have to go all the way down to Dane Beams, Chiso. Uh, so what do you think of him? He had a good return game last week. Look, when you're getting to this late, late in the season, maybe this is your last trade. Maybe this is one of your last three. Maybe you don't want to have to make up another trade for another injury. You don't, like... Are we sure that Dane Beams is going to play till the end of the season? Uh, you know the, the amount of games that he does miss, is it worth spending one of your vital last trades that is so important to get right on someone that has already missed such a significant chunk of time this year and is in all likelihood going to miss a game? Like It'd be like going to someone like Gaz. Would you get Gaz in now? Would you get Rocky in now, You know, irrespective of price? I think for me, I would feel more comfortable getting someone that at least you can bank a uh, hundred points a week, um, if you or at least ninety five plus. I mean, um, just thirty uh, k less than Pendles, you could go for someone like a Dyson Heppel, one hundred and fifteen last week, average of ninety nine for the year, uh, three round average of ninety nine as well. So um, he's going to be playing his best footy coming towards the end of the year as he tries to push uh, his team into the final. So um, I could consider someone like that over a, a Dane Beams. And when you think about it, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Dane Beams." Is so cheap and you save so much money going like 100k going from a Pendles to a Beams but the thing is if it's your last trade what good is it having 100k sitting on your bench when you can't even use it you you might as well pick the best player you can afford in that situation wouldn't you agree yeah um <clears throat> yeah I mean if if Dane Beams does get injured between now and the end of the season you're 100% right you're better off using trades elsewhere um a few things on Beams. We've only got to trust him for five more games of the season. Trust that he just can get through the last five. There's very, very little um, time for him to even get injured. Another thing is his last injury was an impact injury. So he didn't actually blow out his knee or sprain an ankle. or He's not coming out from a, a bad shoulder or anything. He was Well, he is coming back from a bad shoulder. But that was due to Mumford. Um, just pretty much running into him at the speed of three bullet trains. Um, <laughs> so I think Beams can be he can be a little bit trusted. It's more of like a it's more of a, a last ditch effort. Get someone in that's going to score you one twenties when they play. Um, I think Beams. I, I mean, genuinely think he's the best option. Um, even though he's so much cheaper, you're right about the hundred k. Um, if you're worried about the money um, or leftover money, I mean, uh, you kind of have to look at best option versus how much money you might be left out with. I mean, it'll suck looking at that 100K, but if you pick someone that's going to average 115 plus for the rest of the season, you won't be complaining. Um, and lastly, if you're going for a super, super POD, we did talk a little bit about um, Robbie Gray earlier. I think he would genuinely average 105 plus between now and the end of the season um, with the potential of going really, really big as we've seen him do this year. So there's a few options out there. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I'd probably want to say um, in comparison to, say, uh, uh, a Heppel versus a Beams, uh, you, you're just saying that he, he only needs to, to play five more games at the end of the season. It is a small sample size, but we'll just look at the, uh, the, the course of 2017 so far. So he played the first six rounds and then missed two games. Then he played the next five games and then missed a game. And then he's played three games and he's still got five left to go for the season. So we'll have to play his biggest patch of the year during our final series. And I think I'd rather put it on someone like Heppel that's going at 100, hasn't missed a game so far this year. Um, that's just my opinion, obviously, JB, but that's, uh, that's the reason I gave the advice 
that I gave, um, and I just wanted to you know to clear that up so it, it yeah. didn't look like that we're just uh, throwing out names willy nilly. Um, if I was going to pick a unique, I know you did sit, you say pick a POD. I'll give you one that is under one percent. He's in zero point nine percent of teams. We've seen Chad Wingard go down. We've seen that Port Adelaide are absolutely forcing their way towards the top half of the top eight, and they really want the best spot they can. Particularly, they want a home final. What about Travis Boak? He's been he's been paying a, a lot of forward uh, this year compared to midfield. He's coming off 114.99 in his past three. Is he someone that we can consider might be pushing into the midfield to make up for the loss and the skills of Chad Wingard, JB? Yeah, I mean he'll he'll definitely get more midfield time um, as we spoke about. Um, he's a person that will just attend many more centre bounces rather than um, hang around that forward line where he has spent a lot of his year. The only thing that concerns me is the difference between him and Robbie Gray is only a mere $30,000 um, Supercoach dollars. So um, if I was choosing between the two, if I desperately needed a 30K, I mean, uh, Boki, it's a tough one. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather take the punt on Beams getting through the rest of the season um, at 12K cheaper than Boki. Um, I can see why some people would do that. Three round average of 99, five round average of 90. So it does look like he's coming back to form. But I just, I feel like he's, you, you're taking more of a punt on him turning up three times between now and the end of the season than you are on Dane Beams playing five times between now and the end of the season. So um, there's some tough calls to be made. There's some p- point of differences out there. For people that do want to get crazy, I mean, Boak has shown great scoring potential in the past. He's just very, very, very risky. So make sure you know that if you're trading him in. Look, I was just trying to give you that little bit of a POD just to just to, just to throw things around. I'm with you. I like the PODs. They're, they're good selections, except both. Hey, mate. We'll jump into uh, our captaincy options for the week before we wrap everything up. Obviously, on the Friday night, we've got Hawthorne and Sydney. Lots of captaincy options that we can consider there. My number one, probably from this Friday night game, would be Titch. Obviously, coming off uh, the back of a three-round average of 131. Uh, His last three against Sydney, he's obviously in his first season back at Hawthorne, so he's only uh, had the one score, which was of 105, which is still, uh, still half decent. And his last three at the MCG have been fantastic as well, 136, 128, 113. Uh, he'd be someone that I'd be looking for. Is there anyone, uh, anyone on the Friday night game other than Titch that you would bother trying to, to have a VC on or maybe you didn't have Titch that you, you might try a VC on? Yeah, I mentioned earlier, I mean, we know if Buddy Franklin can win a game off his own boot. So if it is tight in the fourth quarter, um, there's no doubt in my mind that he could bag three or four goals late and win it and score 130-plus quite quite easily um and the other one is i mentioned jpk's stats earlier 118 140 and 119 being his last three against hawthorne and that's against a good hawthorne so um i definitely definitely look to jpk he's not great at the mcg with only a 98 average um but he um in his last three that is but as i said um 126 average in his last three against hawthorne you're looking at a big score from jpk yeah, uh, one that we do we should mention uh, Neil Lockie Neil uh, coming up against GWS at Spotless Stadium, um, one hundred and fifty a uh, one hundred fifty four one twenty four and one ten for a, a three round average against GWS of one hundred and thirty. Um, his last three games have been not 
uh, inspiring, you would say, JB, as someone who's implored him over Zach Merritt. Uh, 90, <laughs> 113 and 90 for an average of less than 100. Um, but the last time he played at Spotless Stadium uh, was that 154 there. JB, do you really think that uh, he's going to go huge against the Giants this time or would you try and think of a, a another captaincy uh, loophole that you could trial instead of going for one of the Frio boys? Yeah, look, if you don't have Tom Mitchell and you don't trust any of the Sydney boys, um, Neil is a brilliant option. He's he's I can't think of many better than him um, myself, and that's that's pretty much it for me. I mean, Neil's just a great option. Um, he doesn't score <laughs> low. Um, he can go huge like he did last time he played uh, at GWS, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, no, I I trust Neil as much as I trust any other player. Um, bar Titchell, I think he's by far the best vice captaincy option. Yeah. I think they're, they're probably the safer VC options. There's obviously a few guys like Gorn that you could uh, uh, try and have a little run with, but I'd probably be more uh, along the safer options um, that I'd be tempted in going to. Um, hey, Metricon Stadium, Richmond versus uh, the Gold Coast. Uh, Dusty coming off a, a, a 150 last week. He's got a three-round average uh, against Gold Coast of 131 with his last score of 167. Um, really, really looking good. Um, I, I'd almost be tempted to. Uh, um, I'd almost be tempted to chuck uh, the VC uh, or the C on danger. However, considering that they play at exactly the same time of day on uh, on the Saturday evening, there, mate. So it probably rules Dusty out for those that have been commenting that uh, he's a big option this week. Yeah, I don't think you can consider anybody that plays from seven twenty-five AEST. Um, onwards uh, on Saturday night other than Dangerfield. If your captaincy isn't on him after his last two months and failing to ever score below the 140 in two months, geez, like eight weeks, then you're just crazy. So captaincy on Dangerfield, take a punt on someone, um, anyone on the lead up, um, even if you have to throw it on someone that has gone big a few times but doesn't typically go huge, um, it's it's just worth it because you've got such a safe captaincy option there in Dangerfield. Yeah, totally agree with you on that one. Uh, the one thing I do want to mention, though, there's not many captaincy options after the um, after the, the the Dangerfield game on the Saturday. We've obviously got the Western Bulldogs in Essendon. You've got the likes of probably only a Zachy Merritt uh, and maybe a, a Bonter or a McRae, depending on uh, what you've got left after Dangerfield. Um, at Collingwood and Adelaide, I'm not sure we'd be really keen. Um, obviously, the big guns at Collingwood and uh, Pendlebury is out. Uh, Trelaw's not going great. Sloan has only had one week back from being tagged and he's going to get the Greenwood sat on him this week. So uh, probably wouldn't be looking to... Uh, Campsy option there and uh, obviously with Zorko out of the suspension Rocky suddenly now tagging I don't think we can have the uh, the faith going into a West Coast Eagles Brisbane Lions game uh, so probably my strategy this week that I'd suggest here JB is unless you've got really good faith in Zeret or Bont I'd be looking at Danger as my captaincy option and looking at one of the Friday or early Saturday games to run a VC into a Danger what do you reckon? Yeah, most weeks I'd say chuck the VC on danger just because all those people that use their VC early and then um, are stuck with danger captaincy, um, it's usually a high percentage of people. So um, if he does go smallish, like 110, 120, which is small for danger, you can sort of get a bit of an edge on people. Um, but if he does go huge, you can obviously bank it anyway. It's different this week as there's just, like you said, such a um, such a lack of captaincy options after Dangerfield plays. So um, unfortunately, unless you have Gary Ablett, um, you, you just there aren't many options at all. And oh, okay, no, not even Gary Ablett because he plays on that Saturday night. <laughs> there are no options, Cheezer. I wouldn't even trust Zach Merritt as he didn't turn up last week. 
<laughs> captain still on danger. Oh, buddy. 99, mate. Come on. He still had 37 rubbish, touches dude. or something. He's going to lose nah, the Bulldogs, Chizo. Come on. I'll, I'll kick you off this podcast. I'm just going to hang up the Skype call, hey, mate. I'm used you to just, throwing just need to check punches this out. these days, all right? My team's a shambles. <laughs> Settle down, Toby. All right. <laughs> Uh, pretty much wraps up everything I want to talk about. Obviously, it's getting towards the end of the season. There's not a, a great deal uh, to chat about. Um, obviously, if we're looking for that last downgrade option, I know a few people only have uh, uh, either zero trades or only one or two left to fix up. A couple of us have between four and six are looking for that last downgrade option. Obviously... Um, on the uh, the dog side of things, um, you've got Lewis Young that's been absolutely fantastic in his two weeks. He's on the bubble. He's going to make a stack of cash. Uh, probably not as relevant this week, but because he is so basement price, a forward at 117k, you can uh, maybe look at a, a Parsons to a Young to make that last bit of cash. Say you are trying to turn uh, uh, turn Pendles into an Uber premium, you do need that extra 100k, 150k. That could be a, a really good option. Um, but he's the only one I'd really be looking at at this stage, unless uh, you're a Hawks fan and want Connor Glass. Uh, JB, <laughs> that pretty much wraps up everything that I want to chat to you about. We've obviously got the uh, the surprising new um, uh, garments that we have in the works so we can't really release yet. We're excited to release to our, uh, our Dr. Supercoach community. Um going to be interesting over the... Uh, we might even release it next week here, JB. We could be wearing our special podcast jumpers that we've been uh, we've had in the works for a little while. Yeah, there's a little spoiler for people. We'll wait till we receive them and then we'll, we'll really uh, go bang for the end of the season. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully get some information, some exciting news out to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, JB, good luck this week. I know you're struggling in the Keeper League and it might be a little bit difficult <laughs> to uh, be, be checking in with the uh, uh, the old Supercoach scores at, at the end of the game. Um been fantastic chatting to you, mate. Thank you for having me, and sorry if I didn't live up to uh, to Pistol's hefty, hefty <laughs> um, standards that he's put up. But I mean, no one can really replace Pistol, can they? No, look, it's a, it's a lot to, to live up to. It's big shoes to fill. Um, act legit, like legitimately. Yeah, he's, he's actually a tall at least. Yeah, he's he's very tall in real life. Um, uh, so, <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> JB. I'll chat to you over the weekend. Thanks for checking in with us, community. We'll sign off, and uh, good luck with the Super Coach Gods this weekend.